This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Okay, so I've got us uh, two tickets for Saturday. Cool. You down? Sure. All right. I've got to read the thing. I'm trying to figure out what time we can actually go in. Gotcha. It might be like 1 o'clock we can go in or something. It said something like they they open the thing at like 11, but that might be for like the VIP people. Okay. And apparently like the VIP tickets sold out in like four minutes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it does, it does at least, you know, show that there is a, uh, there is a want for it. Mm-hmm. So the, the girl I'm kind of dating, she wanted to go, but um, I haven't broken the news to her yet that they were sold out of tickets. Oh no. So yeah, she's actually been pretty cool. She went and watched uh, both the Barcelona. Oh, I feel bad. I mean, if, she, if you want to give her my ticket, I'd understand, dude. Totally up to you. I mean, you know, this is this is the uh, this is the foreign affair all new sports show derby. Oh, I know, I know. Um, so but like, it's our it's our fault. Oh no, I totally get it. I just like I wouldn't I wouldn't feel super bad if like you wanted to take her instead. Like I would totally get it. So, well, I'll let you decide because she will give me the exact same thing. She's like, oh no, no, you two go, <laughs> you two go. So you know, um, we'll I just don't say that. We'll still plan on going then. That's fine. All right, that's cool. That's cool. I just if she if she like really wanted to go because I'm guessing like she probably hasn't been. She she has been she has been a Liverpool fan literally for about a month now. So. Okay, I was like, is like this... I said, yeah, like I said, she saw the two Barcelona matches. So. I was like, if there's a way to introduce her to a Champions League final, this isn't bad. Yeah, it's not a bad true. way to do it. Yeah, so I just had to break it to her that came near a ticket. I mean, she'll be fine with it. I don't think she, I don't think she's gonna have any issues. All right. Well, if she, if she does, or if like if she really really wants to go, just let me know, and that's fine. But uh, if, if she not, screams and if she screams at me and shouts at me and yeah. threatens to cut my balls off, then you know I might just have to take her. Something. That's understandable. Understandable. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm looking out for you. 
That's what we do. Watching the uh, highlights from Europa. Oh boy, what a fun match that was. I said the first 45 minutes was like the most desolate shit like maybe ever. It, it's in a, in, a, in, a, in a half full stadium. Well, and plus, so, so there's two things that had it had going against it. One is that the the stadium has the like the Olympic track yeah. around the pitch. So that's bad. <laughs> and then it's like is really zoomed out. So it's just it's just really bad. Yeah. I also have something else I want to I want to drop on you, in case you didn't know during the pod, because I didn't I didn't realize this until the match was actually going on. Somebody said something on Twitter. So so so, uh, I was kind of listening to it on talks where I was in Greenville all day and on talk sport like while I was doing my stuff up there. Mm -hmm. What what better? What better cure for talk sport than the Florida Fair podcast? Well, luckily, it was just their coverage of the actual match. So luckily, it was just like Jim Proudfoot. Oh, that oh Jim Proudfoot's great. Oh. Yeah, luckily it was just him. So you know, once that once all that time to start um, you know, time to start uh, analyzing. I was like, ah, off now. That's a good idea. Well, don't turn us off, though. Uh, My name is Edward Green. I'm joined, as always, by my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, here for the latest edition of the AFA pod. Uh, Big week. Shockingly big week. Didn't think it was going to be this big of a week about two months ago, but it is. Um, And, of course, we're not just talking about the Europa League final. That was today slash tomorrow slash now slash time zones are weird um but don't worry we'll get to that later uh as we'll do a europa league review from earlier today uh we'll also review the uh the football league championship playoff final uh was monday at like 11 a.m local time here on the eastern on the east coast of the united states Uh, man weird time zones um so we'll go over that and uh, as well as, of course, talk about the Champions League final that is this Saturday, the AFA Derby, uh, which will be taking place uh, in Madrid this Saturday afternoon. Um, hope against hope that the world doesn't explode uh, as Spurs take on Liverpool in the Champions League final. Um, so we will be talking about that. We'll also have a little bit of news and notes to get to. Not too much going on. Uh, and then, of course, with the watch for and a very special so raw although maybe maybe in the future it'll be it will have to change the name to so a e w raw yeah. so raw elite <laughs> so raw elite that might have to become the new name uh we'll get to that definitely uh later on in the pod uh as always though before we get started we gotta let you guys know we are presented by ngsc sports at ngscsports.com we never stop as well as uh elisa's pills and things um, if you are, if you saw, uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, dancing with the money in the bank briefcase, uh, mm. and, and said, I want something like that briefcase, but I want it in pillow form. Check out mm-hmm. Alicia's pillows and things. She can hook you up with some great pillows and Ottomans, uh, with your favorite sports team logo on them. So go check that out at Alicia's pillows and things on Facebook. And finally, um, do you have Roku TV? I, there's no way you can answer me person listening to this. But if you do, uh, you can. If you don't, sorry, you can visit Roku.com. I know I'm angry too. Or you can pick up the remote at Best Buy and others. If you have or get Roku TV, search the ultimate sports channel for free sports programming. 
You can find them on the web at esgsportsgroup.com. On Twitter, they are Nasha underscore sports, and then Nasha sports at the rest of the social media places. So check that out for the ultimate sports channel. Uh, now for the ultimate sports Europa League matchup. Amazingness. Oh, God. Baku. Um, never again. Just UEFA, please. Never again. This was this was bad. Um, obviously, we, there was obviously, if you, if you guys did not see um, some of the Twitter posts that were made uh, of people who were wearing um, Henrik Victorian kits coming into the stadium and being stopped. By police, uh, as we talked about last week with Mkhitaryan uh, being Armenian um, and, and the, the conflict that was going on between them. Uh, he obviously did not travel to to the match uh, because of uh, fear for his safety. Um, and Arsenal fans were also uh, harassed, might be a decent word to use, from the police. So already not a great look as uh, things uh, settled in Baku. Uh, and then, of course... On Tuesday, a uh, video comes out from Chelsea's training session of David Luiz, and I believe it was uh, uh, Iguain uh, getting into a bit of a shoving match with each other that sent Coach Maurizio Sarri running off the pitch down the tunnel and kicking his hat. And and it's, oh God, Chelsea are imploding. Arsenal have all the momentum. Blah, 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 blah. And then after 45 minutes of insanely drab football, uh, Chelsea did strike through Olivier Giroud, uh, getting the start in this match over Higuain. Uh He was able to put one through in the 49th minute. And then uh, Pedro... Uh, gets the second in the 60th on a lovely assist from Eden Hazard. Uh, Hazard would get his own in the 65th minute after he was fouled in the box by Ainsley Maitland-Niles. That was the 65th minute, so all of a sudden it's 3-0 Chelsea. Uh, Alex Awobi would come on and with one of his first touches put in a rocket into the back of the net in the 69th minute to give Arsenal a bit of hope. But then Eden Hazard would score his second of the match and... Probably his final goal for Chelsea um, in the 72nd minute that put the match away for good. Chelsea gets the 4-1 victory in Baku. They win the Europa League. They will be getting that pot one spot uh, in the Champions League next season. And they deny Arsenal a return trip to the Champions League. Uh, As for the second straight season, Arsenal fall in the Europa League final and for probably the second straight season, fall to the sec to the best team in the Europa League, with Arsenal probably being the second best. Last year, of course, it was Atletico Madrid. This year, it's Chelsea. Um, Wes, this is this is one of those matches where y- you think Arsenal might have a chance. You think Chelsea might be a little dysfunctional, and then Chelsea just come out, especially in the second half. And show the absolute class that they did have at points this season and poured it on Arsenal, who still are struggling so badly defensively. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's the thing is, you know, oh, me, so, so shit at the back. Um, you know, it, it looked like they may be in this match, and then all of a sudden they just got completely blitzed. 
by Chelsea. And, I mean, God, man, when you look at Chelsea, it, Chelsea's just one of those, they're a complete head scratcher. Because, like, you know, where was this team all year? Where were they when they were supposed to give a shit? Yeah. And they didn't. But, um, you know, end of the day, I mean, Chelsea definitely a better squad. Um, they definitely had the best player on the field in Ed Hazard. Um, you know, once again in a big game, Mesut Ozil did his best impression of blending with the grass. Man, when jo- when Joe Willock comes on in the in for the last twenty minutes and looks way better than you, it's probably not a good sign. Yeah, but hey, he's gonna get paid. Yeah, by somebody. <laughs> well, probably Chelsea's also anybody else paying him all that money because <laughs> of China or something. PSG, Oh, um. But yeah, I mean, end of the day, I mean, what more can you say? It was a it was a drab final for 45 minutes as you said um the stands were half full it's a it's an embarrassment to uefa mm-hmm. and then uh chelsea had about a good uh 15 20 minutes where they just ran away with it it looked like it three nil it looked like uh arsenal may have a chance when they made it three one yeah three nil comebacks all the rage these days yeah man that's exactly what they said on talk sport was you know um so it's been a while since an English club's come from three yeah. nil down. So it's been a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know why not? But then, yeah, that was extinguished. And I mean, Eden Hazard was just as he has been a lot this year. He's just a class above everyone else on the field. Mm-hmm. So and when he shows up and looks like he gives a damn, um, and he's able to get some room to operate, shit. Pack it up, man. He's a stud. He really is, and he is he is going to get paid this summer, it looks like. Probably not yeah, by yeah. Chelsea anymore. Well, the the rumor is that on uh, June the 3rd, mm-hmm. Monday, he will be unveiled. <laughs> that's, so. the, that's the word. And, you know, if you look at his post-match comments today, he sure did thank Chelsea and their fans a lot for all these years <laughs> of Chelsea. <laughs> I mean, he's all but said he's leaving. So, I mean, if he ends up sticking around, it's going to be one of those, oh, okay. This is awkward. Awkward, one of those kind of moments. So, yeah. um, I yeah. do think it's – you know, I was going to no, say, no. Um, you, you talked about the, the attendance um, at the match. Uh, the reported attendance was 51,000. That's uh, um, Which, first of all, yes – Second of all, the capacity of the Olympic Stadium in Baku is 68,700. So they came in at about 17,000 plus short of capacity. There was also reports that half of the allotted tickets for Chelsea and Arsenal fans, of which only were 12,000 as we talked about last week, half of those 12,000 were returned. So only about 6,000 of those tickets were even used. Uh, There was other corporate tickets that were returned. Um, this was a big cluster for UEFA. And then this was the thing I wanted to drop on you that I didn't realize until halfway through the match. Uh, when someone on Twitter, it was, I think it was after the second Chelsea goal put on, uh, put on Twitter. They were like, well, you know, it, it, it makes sense that this Europa league final wouldn't get going until it was officially Thursday. And I was like, ha ha ha. That may, that's funny that cause they play on Thursday. And then I was like, Oh, Oh shit. When did this match actually start? 
It started yeah. at 11 p.m. local time there. Yeah. Are you... Because you, you had to get on TV. But why? It's... Oh, my God. Well, because, I mean... But isn't that like 8 not, o'clock England time? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that was the thing is you... You start these matches where it's prime time in the bigger in the bigger European market, you know, because that's nine PM in Paris. Mm-hmm. And I believe Madrid like I believe Spain and Paris are on like the same mm-hmm. time zones and you know, maybe it's even a little later in Italy, but you know, you're you're just um you know, those are the markets you're looking at. Who gives a shit and who's watching the match in Azerbaijan? I just, and, and like, I can't, you can't bump it to like 6 p.m. England time. Like, with moving it up two hours to 9 p.m. local time, like, would that really be so, or, or whatever it would take? Like, come no, on. No, because it, A, it's already Wednesday night to start with, and B, trying to get everything every eyeball you can get because this is shit. And also, I mean, this is, these are, ended up being two English teams. So, you know, you want to try to maximize as much of your English market as you can. And, uh, I mean, that was the issue. I mean, you think about last year with, um, you know, Liverpool and Madrid playing in Kiev. I mean, that game had a, had a late um, yeah. local time start. It's because you're looking to get the prime time in um, the bigger European markets in London and Paris in Barcelona and Madrid. I mean, that's where you're looking to get the big, the big ones are in uh, Berlin and Munich and all those places. I wonder, I wonder, do we just need to move like the Champions League final to a Sunday and just play the Europa League final the day before <laughs> on a Saturday so uh, we don't have to play it at like 11 o'clock at night? It is a very wise, wise man. I believe it was the Rizzo once said, <laughs> cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money, dollar, dollar, bill, y'all. I don't, I don't doubt all that. I, and I know this is... It is all is, about the money. It's pie. It is all about the monies. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's why they even played this damn match in this godforsaken hell. Yeah, I... Oh man, um, I guess the last thing we should talk about, unless you have more stuff you want to add on to this. Um, um, well, uh, for you know, just a couple little tidbits. Unai Emery, this was his fourth appearance mm-hmm. in the Europa League final. The first time he lost it. Yeah. Um. So you know, you know, no one knows Europa like Unai. <laughs> and uh, for Maurizio, sorry, I believe it was his 29th season as a um, as a head football manager, and his first ever trophy. Wow, let me, I can um, double check that. Well, I, I know it's his first ever trophy. Uh, okay, I have plenty. I think it's 29 years. And um, I don't know what we have in news and notes, but uh, sorry, apparently may take his Europa trophy and <laughs> turn it into one of the biggest jobs in world football. So. That's true. We can talk about that. Uh, in, in news and notes, I didn't have it on. Yeah, there. We can certainly yeah. talk about that. Um, I don't think you sent me anything this week. So, well, let me uh, let me let me let's go ahead and bring it up then now because my last topic was gonna kind of be not so much to do a, a Chelsea season review because obviously wow. we'll do that you know about two, a week before the Premier League season starts again. Yeah, uh, usually in August. That's when we do our season <laughs> review. But my question is, if if Azar does in fact leave. 
Um, Kovacic and to a lesser extent Iguain, um, with the transfer ban in place, are, they're they're kind of in limbo. Some people have said they can be signed on permanent. Some people said they can't, and some people are suggesting with Iguain maybe you shouldn't even bother. Um, with Sari, Maurizio Sari, as, as Wes, Wes is alluding to, is that uh, with Juventus getting rid of uh, Allegri uh, this last week, um, with his reign finishing up now with Serie A being done, uh, Maurizio Sari has been floated as a potential person to come in. Personal terms, I believe, have, depending on who you believe, already been agreed to with that job. Um, and I guess the question is, if if Azard and Sari are out the door and a transfer ban is incoming where does Chelsea go from here? I mean, they're, they're going to be in the champions league. They're the reigning Europa league title holders. They're, they're better than I think a little bit, even although they are losing at Nazard, which has been so key to them. They're probably still better than Arsenal and United. It's just, it's such, as you said about their entire season being so weird, the state of them moving forward might be even weirder. I mean, really, it is. It's because, I mean, you've got a manager I don't think is wanted. Mm -hmm. I don't think wants to particularly be there at this point. But he is, and there's no guarantee that Chelsea, who, you know, are as trigger-happy as anyone in the world with changing a manager. Um. Oh man, there's just there's so much swirling around Chelsea. There's so many questions going around, and I mean that that's a huge one. You know, is Sorry going to stay? Are they going to have the transfer ban? You know, what can you do with Hazard? Who do you bring in? The name I've heard floated the most that would replace Sorry is Javi Gracia from Watford. Okay. Um, and, and the reason for that is if you're planning for a transfer ban, you bring in Gracia. Gracia is, not, is very well known as a, uh, as, a, as a training ground manager. Mm-hmm. And that would be a positive for Chelsea if they can't bring anyone else in. This is a guy who's not going to can't give me 200 million pounds, then I'm not coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I've got a ban, I'm not coming. You know, for Gracia, it would obviously be the biggest chance of his career. Right. Um, and also he, they feel that he wouldn't have such an issue, you know, not having any new transfers coming in and just being able to train up the players that mm-hmm. he has at his disposal. So, you know, maybe that's a chance coming in. That would be a very Chelsea like hire. Mm-hmm. That said, that might be exactly what they need is an un Chelsea like hire. Right. Um, but. I mean, you just you want to. I don't. I don't know. If there's any team in world football with more questions around it right now going into the summer than Chelsea. I mean, that is coming off the back of winning a major European competition. Yeah, it's crazy. And and obviously, if Hazard does leave, that that leaves so many holes, you know. And with um with Ruben Loftus Cheek, um hurting getting hurt. Uh, just mm-hmm. about a week ago with Callum Hudson O'Doy getting hurt as well. I think he yeah. might be back in like November ish. Yeah, it's gonna be a while before he's back. Then then are you basically relying on Olivier Giroux, who yes, he did score in this, but has always been more of a, a super sub kind of guy with Chelsea than than being that main threat. You know, does Igwein stick around, you know, 
when it, you know when the guy that brought him in goes out the door you know where where does this team go from here there's a lot of question marks around this team and you know we've heard you know there's been rumors and gold Conte might leave and it's and and it's it's very interesting to see what's going on at Chelsea right now given given the results they got this season when you just look at like the end product third place in the Premier League and the Europa League trophy and a league cup final if I'm remembering correctly league cup right. final yeah right. so not a bad season. It's just the path to get there was very circuitous and went through a lot of minefields and a couple people died along the way. But, hey, you got Christian Pulisic coming in, so good for you guys. Um, so we'll have to see with Chelsea. That's that's going to be a fascinating subplot. Because, again, as far as I know, they still haven't actually appealed the transfer ban yet with the with the arbit- uh, arbitration of sport people. So, court arbitration of sport. So... We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Um, so it's a good time to be a Chelsea loan. Yes. Hey. Of which there are many. Finally, the chance is ours. Oh, man. It's a chance. Danny Drinkwater's going, it's my chance. <laughs> and then he's going, oh, damn it. <laughs> Means uh, I have to play. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, uh, there, there has of course been some switching around as as one Premier League season ends and another begins. We had to say goodbye to some teams that were relegated, and hello to some teams that were promoted. And the final promoted team is now known. Uh, it is going to be Aston Villa as they get a two-one victory over Derby County on an early Monday morning East Coast time at Wembley Stadium. Um, Aston Villa struck around the halftime mark as Anwar El Ghazi got it to start off just before halftime. And then just on the hour mark, John McGinn got Aston Villa second. And it looked like maybe they were well on their way. But Derby County came so close. Got a goal from Martin Waghorn in the 81st minute. And then it just kept pouring on the pressure and more pressure. Jack Marriott came on and was so good for Derby County, created so many chances. But in the end, Frank Lampard's men came so close. And once again for Derby County, they fall just short at the finish line. Uh, So Villa do become uh, the 20th team for the next Premier League season and Derby County fall back down. Uh, It's been a, a fun year for Derby. Uh, under Frank Lampard to get to this point also had of course that big run and I want to say the League Cup where they took down Manchester United um, it was the FA Cup it was the FA Cup uh, one of those two definitely we I just remember they took down United and it was awesome um, so we'll, we but we can check on that but for I believe this was Frank Lampard's first season uh, at the helm of uh, Derby County right. great job and uh, hopefully this leads to uh, bigger and better things, because it would be nice to uh, to see Derby County back in the Prem. But for right now, uh, it does look like uh, it will be Aston Villa's turn to see if they can uh, reclaim their former glory in the Premier League. Because, I mean, they used to be a very good team, and then the last couple of years they oh, were yeah. in the Premier League, they were just... I mean, Aston, Aston Villa won Europe. Yeah. They're one of the uh, English teams that have won the European Cup. Not Villa Forest. Yeah, I mean Nottingham Forest. It, it, it's a it's a great 
Manchester United, Chelsea. And then, of course, it's uh, it's those stalwarts, Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa. <laughs> yeah. If you're like, wait, who the hell's Nottingham Forest? Yeah, all these new, all the new Premier League fans, especially, who the hell's Nottingham Forest? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Isn't that like a Robin Hood or some shit? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, Aston Villa had a really rough start to the season. You know, this is a team that lost in the promotion final a year ago. Mm-hmm. Lost kind of heartbreakingly when they were big favorites. And um, had a rough start to their season. But then after Christmas, man, they got it together under uh, under legendary North Carolina head basketball coach Dean Smith. Yes. Um, <laughs> he has risen. He has risen indeed. Um, <laughs> uh, they, are, they are going up and they were – Pretty much for the second half of the season, they were the best team in the uh, in the championship. So, mm-hmm. I mean, well deserved for them to get back up there and get it. Um, of course, they bring uh, their wonder boy Jack Grealish back up with them. Yeah. Uh, so now it looks like there's a good chance. I would figure there's a good chance now Jack Grealish is going to stick around for at least another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was hot on a lot of uh, teams' radar. I know Tottenham had some yeah. interest in him. Um, you know, um, I mean, he's young, he's English, he can play, so you know somebody's going to overpay for him one day. <laughs> but uh, you've got to figure he'll probably stick around for another season. Um, it, it, they call it the richest game in all of football. It's worth around a hundred million pounds to win this match because mm-hmm. that's what you're going to get going up to the Premier League. Um, and uh, Aston Villa are the team to do it. It was, you know, it, it kind of sucked to see Derby have to go out. But that said, this was a Derby team that, um, this is interesting about them, Derby didn't spend hardly any money. They they really took good advantage of the loan system. Um, they had some highly rated uh, younger players from big clubs. Um, I think uh, the two main ones among them, Harry Wilson from Liverpool, who scored, I want to say, scored upwards of 20 goals this season was involved in setting up a lot had some had some amazing i think he had three or four times had like the uh goal of the month <laughs> in the championship and then um really 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 highly rated uh midfielder mason mount um who is in the uh in the chelsea system mm-hmm. who of course if this transfer ban holds may see himself in the chelsea squad next yeah. year uh but it was one you know there were there was few that Frank Lampard, you know, kind of ended up there because of Frank Lampard. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mason Mount was one of them. But those guys were really, really crucial to Derby's success this year. So for Derby, if they want to get back to this level, they're going to have to get back and reconfigure. You know, you've also got to think, you know, is Frank Lampard going to be back for another season? Uh, his name has been bandied about. Uh, if Sarri ends up leaving mm-hmm. Chelsea to potentially take the Chelsea job. Now, personally, and I think a lot of people feel this, you might be asking a lot a little too soon for Frank Lampard at yeah, this point. I agree. Um, but, I mean, just the fact that, you know, he has gone, he's had a successful season. Uh, apparently, you know, he's gotten really good reviews from the guys who he coached. And, um, you know, there is uh, – there is maybe a little groundswell. That would obviously be an extremely popular hiring within the Chelsea fan base because Frank Lampard is basically a god at Chelsea. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, just – just it, it was a really feel-good season for Derby, but it may have been a 
you know, kind of a one season wonder and they might have to slide back down a little bit before they're ready to make any back up. But Aston Villa, one thing about Aston Villa, um, they, they have wolves potential in them. Okay. Because this is a team that within the last year has gotten a big time boost in their ownership. Uh, they have an Egyptian and an American, and an American billionaire, um, one of each, um, that, that are, uh, came together. I believe their corporation is called NESW or their, their LLC, whatever they call it. But, um, they own more than half of Aston Villa hmm, okay. and they are, it, it, from the sounds of it, they are invested to do something, not just get to the premier league. They want to, they, they are ambitious like, well, so, and when you take into account, finally, um, well, this season, I guess finally this season, there was not a team in the Premier League from the second biggest city in England, which is Birmingham. Mm-hmm. So Aston Villa, I mean, they're coming from a huge city. That's a, that's really over, you know, they're coming from a huge city. Um, they do have great history. They are one of those legendary English clubs. So they have, they could definitely have that sleeping giant status kind of put to them. Um, and uh, I'm sure something else we'll talk about news and notes. Team that could have sleeping giant status reapplied to them. Uh, maybe if some ownership things go through, but um, it, it's an exciting time. I think right now for Aston Villa fans, because I think they see a chance to maybe maybe start to bring back some past glories. Well, uh, certainly that is a case. And it's something that, especially with the Wolves, the way, sorry, that Wolves played this Premier League season, it shows the that Wolves, if you... the Spurs. If you spend money... Well, you can't include the Spurs in this one, because if you spend money, but you spend on the right players... Good things can happen. Hopefully, this summer we'll see Spurs spend money on the right players, and that'll that'll be great. Just, just any players will do. That's true. Good, good players. It helps to be good, but you know, some somebody would be great. Just, just breathing and having a pulse, and that going the first team would be a help. Uh, well, speaking of Tottenham, we'll close our match talk with a quick preview of the match coming up this weekend at the Wanda Metropolitano in Madrid, as it will be. Tottenham Hotspur versus Liverpool in the Champions League final. This will be Liverpool's ninth appearance in the Champions League final, or the biggest tournament in Europe's final. Uh, this is Tottenham Hotspur's. Yes, this is Tottenham Hotspur's first. So yeah, um, a lot of things on the line here. For hmm? Liverpool. Um, See real quick. I just want to triple check this before I say it, but um, yeah, if uh, it's a big one for Liverpool, <laughs> if Liverpool win it, they they become the sole third place team all time for the European Cup, and it leaves them one behind AC Milan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be Liverpool six, Milan has seven, of course. Real Madrid at thirteen. Nobody's catching them anytime soon. But I, I'll put it this way: if Liverpool can six. They're a hell of a lot closer to winning it again than Milan. That's true. Milan ain't going back next year. 
No, I mean, you know, it, it kind of helps to be in the tournament. So. Yes. Um, and then that would uh, that would break a way deadlock in third place. Uh, Barcelona, Liverpool, and Bayern Munich all with five European Cups. So that will move Liverpool up. Um, obviously for Tottenham, um, you know, I mean, this is I'm, – I'm not trying to downplay Tottenham, but, you know, a lot of people, I think, felt Liverpool had this run. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anyone who thought Tottenham had this run in. <laughs> we had one point in three matches in the group stage. Exactly. Um, I mean, you were down three nil at halftime. We we were we were prepping we were prepping like God. Should we just like finish fourth in the group stage so we don't even have to play in Europa? Exactly. Um, so this is like you know Liverpool obviously here and. Um, you know, they've been building toward it. Tottenham was just like, where the hell did these guys come from? So, you know, Tottenham kind of playing, you know, to me though, that gives Tottenham their little bit of advantage. They're playing with absolutely nothing to lose. Don't Mm -hmm. expect them to be here. I don't think many people are expecting them to go win this match. I mean, really, I think the only people who expect them to win are maybe some really diehard Tottenham fans. And then, you know, the fans who just despise Liverpool and, (laughs) just are praying that they don't win. <laughs> I mean, that, that's really about it at this point. But, um, it, you know, it's, it, it is a – Liverpool won both matches they played this year. I believe both of them were 2-1. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so both of them were 2-1. Um, especially the match at Tottenham. Liverpool were the much better team that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, you know, some crazy shit kind of conspired near the end. But uh, then at Anfield, it was a much closer match. Um, and I'm, I'm expecting, you know, I'm expecting to see a good match on, on Saturday. You know, these are two teams that know they play good matches with each other. Um, you know, you don't. Well, Liverpool went through a little stretch where they were blowing Tottenham out, but Tottenham had certainly closed that gap. And the last few years, these have been really, really entertaining matches. Mm-hmm. And if you get something like that here on the European final stage, I mean, that would be that would be awesome television just for those involved. Uh, of course, both of us, we, we don't want exciting matches. We just want our team to go comfortably win yes. and lift the trophy. Um, if so, I will say this. If Match, it's going to be Liverpool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just because I don't think Tottenham have it in them to uh, just let their fans have an easy match. Oh, no. <laughs> I think Tottenham are like, no, we're going <laughs> You're going to know it and half of you are going to be dead by the time it's over. So. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, apparently, Harry Kane has bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Jamie Carragher's not happy about that. Well, I haven't heard Carragher's thoughts. He, he, his funny, it was funny. He's like, he got, he was kind of mad that they're playing it like this late, I guess, in the year, which I guess, because uh, normally it is around Memorial Day. Uh, it is around right. that weekend, but it's playing right. a week later. So, usually, usually it would have been like last week. Which I think the reason they're doing it this year, or at least a, a big part of it, is because it looks like something weird happened with the European calendar because. Syria didn't finish until this past weekend and normally everybody's done. So I don't know if it's because of like the winter break. Some leagues take. I think usually everybody's done within a week of each other. Yeah. 
Because a lot of time you will see the FA Cup final the week after the season. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's usually finish it up. But, yeah, this year, God, Serie A ran long. I don't know. But, um. So, anyway. But, yeah. But, yeah, uh, everybody's healthy pretty much, I think, for this one. Here would be my only issue if I'm a Spurs person with mm-hmm. Harry Kane. Obviously, Harry Kane's your best player. We, we don't want that Diego, or, or not Diego, uh, Diego. Yeah, Diego Costa. Yeah, Diego situation. Costa. You yeah. Don't, a, you don't want that. B, theory at this point. Mm-hmm. Where, you mm-hmm. know, obviously they played their best going forward. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it comes down to how um, Pochettino decides he wants to use him. I think it is virtual insanity to start him in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's me at about the 70 minute mark, that's when you maybe start looking at the sideline. Mm-hmm. There's no. There's no bloody way that you can play this guy 90 minutes mm-hmm. and possibly 30 minutes of extra time. There's, I mean, there's absolutely no way. I mean, he, he hasn't played in two months. He has no match sharpness. I said, they have anything to me in this match, Harry Kane's in mm-hmm. So um, I think that's a huge decision that Pochettino has to make. To me, it's a cut and dry decision, but... It, Very excited to see Kane starting on Saturday. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and subbed off of the one about the 24. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, at which point you'll just look at me drop your head. No, that's that's how it has to be. That's how it has to be to be the pure Ewing theory. He has to start, go down 1-0, get subbed off, and then t- Tottenham comes back to win. That's how it's meant to be. That's the oh, script. Hit. Oh, hit me, Jesus. <laughs> um, but, you know, either way, that is something. Mm-hmm. Now, Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know. Someone, you know, the, the Ghanaian head coach says, "Oh yeah, he'll be able to play in the finals." <laughs> uh, Firmino is back healthy though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, for for Klopp, I mean, he's got his his complement of who he wants to go with. Um, something I don't think I, think I ever noticed this before. Maybe I think they just started doing it this year. Apparently, you can carry you can carry like eleven guys on the bench for this match. Oh yeah, the the Europa final is the same thing. It's it's a huge yeah. traveling team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can travel. I think twenty six. Yeah, we were traveling twenty six. We're traveling four keepers. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you can basically yeah. take the kids with you. Yeah, you know, everybody gets to make the bench, which does give you, which does present some you know some uh, some options. It does give you a few more options. In case something does happen, and also I believe there's a um, an injury time sub. Yes, if I'm not, mistaken. Uh, not injury time, extra time, extra time, extra time sub. That's it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Jesus, I mean, they're they're really playing with the game here, but whatever. I actually kind of like I'm it down. just because I'm down. Um, it, I, I've seen a lot of times, you know, you use your three substitutes and then you get to extra time, and it's like the 112th minute, and it's you're like. Everybody's just kind of really tired. It'd be really nice to just get like one more fresh body onto the pitch, or oh, or yeah. God forbid, God forbid, somebody gets an injury, you know, in yeah, like exactly. the 95th minute, and you're like, well, guess there's nothing we can do now. So I I, I think I actually like this change. So yeah, I mean, I'll I don't have an issue with it. It's just it's just suddenly you've gotten to the final, and yeah, a lot of new rules all of a sudden. So it's like you know you had to be able to keep up with everything, but um. 
I mean, I think it's, it is an interesting final, um, you know, predictions. I mean, why are we going to predict, you know, I'm picking Liverpool, mm-hmm. and I've got a feeling you're going to pick Tottenham. So I'm picking I mean, Tottenham at this point. I'm picking Tottenham three, one. We yeah, go down I'm, early. We get an early goal in the second half, get our second in like the 85th minute. And then Musa Sissoko scores a breakaway open netter for the third. And like because, the 93rd uh, because, because Allison's. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm picking, I'm picking Liverpool. I'm picking Liverpool three nil. Hmm. Um, and I mean, we'll see what happens and hopefully, you know, we're, we're just hopefully we'll get something good. We'll get something exciting. And, um, man, I mean, it's, it's Madrid. All we can say, it's a hell of a lot better. <laughs> yes. yes. I believe it'll be a better, uh, I believe product put on television. Hey, and neither one of us are playing for a Champions League spot. That's right. Yeah, for for both of us, it's just uh, it's just gravy on top of our seat. Yeah. Even <sighs> though there are there is that Liverpool group that if Colt don't win it, you gotta get rid of him because he's a bottle. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited if if Spurs do win it. I'm excited for the uh, the cheeky Arlo White tweet of, but Spurs still haven't won the Carabao Cup. Oh. Yeah, failures, the lot of them. Oh man, it'll be fun. It'll be fun times. It'll be great. Yep, 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 yep. And um, I'll probably throw up at some point. Uh, for 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 Liverpool, if Liverpool win this, they will have a chance that uh, this match and then their next two official matches, we can bring home silverware because, of course, we may have mentioned last week. With uh, with Manchester City winning the FA Cup, mm-hmm. um, the second and being the league champions, the second place league team now gets into the um, the yes. Community Shield, yeah. which, as we know, is the most important of all the cups. Oh, our Arsene Wenger won dozens, so it has we've, to all, be. we've always known this. It's yeah. the most important of the cups. Yeah, and then also um, the uh, the UEFA Super Cup. Super Cup. That's right. Yeah. So um, obviously, the winner of this. Super Cup um, and Liverpool, like we said, will have the chance to play in the Community Shield. So, you know, they say that when they say Klopp don't win trophies, well, Klopp's got a chance now to literally win three trophies in three matches. That'd be a fun way to start your season, just start it with back to back City and Chelsea. Oh, it would be nice. Oh, damn. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, it's Chelsea. Chelsea's already in it, so it'll be a. <laughs> Oh, the Europe's gonna get sick of England and all these tournaments. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I'll tell you, it don't look like much is gonna be changing. It's true. Barcelona, oh, Spain doesn't look great. Anyway, we'll get to that on a later date. Um, so then again, that's Saturday at the Wanda Metropolitano. Uh, Imagine Dragons will be there. Hope to do. Uh, news and notes now, uh, and a story West was definitely alluding to earlier. Uh, we'll start with this one. Uh, the Bin Zayed group confirmed they have agreed to terms with Mike Ashley over the sale of Newcastle United. Um, this is Sheikh Khaled of the Bin Zayed group has confirmed he has agreed to terms with Mike Ashley over the purchase. This is coming to us from 90minute.com. Uh, Ashley has owned the club since 2007, um, but as we know for a long time, uh, Newcastle fans, not really a big fan of Mike Ashley anymore. Um so uh, the Vinzaya group has been financed by Dubai-based billionaire Sheikh Khaled. Um, so that will be more uh, Middle East oil money 
coming into the Premier League potentially. Actually, that's the, the cousin of uh, Sheik Mansour. Yes, who owns uh, our, our partial owner of Manchester City. Yes. Um, now, to, to be the devil's advocate on... Sure. Um, a, this is like, I believe I read this is the time in 12 years, <laughs> quote, agreed to sell the club. <laughs> so that hadn't really gone off. And also, this group um, were in very, very early talks with FSG last year over possibly purchasing Liverpool. Ooh. And uh, when they came to very early, you know, they couldn't produce no money. Uh-oh. So, that's now, that said, with this, they're saying it's a 350 million pound, mm-hmm. which to me sounds like a lot of money. The Liverpool agreement was for 2 billion pounds. Oh, boy. So, you know, it might be a little easier to come up with 350 than 2 billion. Yeah. Uh, but just, you know... <laughs> As, uh, what was it? Oh God! I saw a tweet that said, um, "It said uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna believe till Jamal Skellis is holding up the Carabao Cup." <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, because this is Newcastle, aim small. Oh, uh, Newcastle are kind of considered by many one of the English super clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, just historical wise, that said, they have not won a trophy since 1969, so they're a little overdue. Uh, but, you know, we, we talk about a sleeping giant and, you know, everyone talks about St. James Park and the atmosphere and Rafa. I mean, Newcastle. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. You know, right now Rafa's not re-signed. Yeah. Um, so Rafa's out there. Um, you know, obviously Rafa's got to be a new uh, because, and I'll finally have, you know, more than just money to buy a happy meal in the transfer market. So, um, I mean, it would be, it would be huge. It would be another one. You would then take into account the big six. Um, you take into account wolves are coming with money. We just talked about Aston Villa potentially coming with some money. Uh, Everton with their new ownership over the last few years, they've started spending more money. Mm -hmm. And then if you come up with suddenly Newcastle having some financial clout, I mean, buddy, the premier league is only going to get more and more competitive. Yeah, it has to. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, but it's only going to get more and more competitive. So, so um, let's get ready for Manchester United to finish 12th next year. <laughs> uh, that would be the day. Um, and I, I think it's that. I think it's kind of funny because I te- you texted me this story, and my response to this was, I don't know whether to be happy or sad about this. And I guess... <laughs> Because the question just keeps coming back. Yes, Mike Ashley could be finally gone because Mike Ashley is a terrible owner and does not deserve to have the club. But then we could also get more oil money in the Premier League, which is something we've been sort of against for the last couple of years, especially seeing what happened to City. And we we talked about last week with the financial fair play stuff and, and how they've been constantly scrutinized for all that. So I, I'm just I'm just wary... Anytime I, I start hearing about Dubai-based billionaires coming into the Premier League, it makes me, right. especially especially when there are actual like familial ties with Manchester City in this, yeah. it, it makes, makes me it literally worse. <laughs> yeah, it makes it just makes me a little sketchy when I hear this. I'm just, oh, I don't, 
I guess this is what you have to do to compete now, but I, I it just makes me feel kind of skeezy, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, my, my thing is I have a soft spot for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd like to see Newcastle be back up competing in that at near the top of the table. I think that would be really cool. But at the same time, it's like you say, you know, how, how do you get there? And, uh, yeah, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah, well, as, as you mentioned, it's it's not over until it's over. So we'll, maybe we'll just keep on the devil we know with Mike Ashley. Hooray. Um, speaking real quick of Everton, just one of our, our first deals of the summer going through. Uh, Everton are bringing on Jonas Lossell who is uh, coming over from Huddersfield Town, the keeper, coming on a three-year deal. Um, bit of an interesting move, considering Everton spent pretty big, I believe it was last year, on Jordan Pickford uh, to be their uh, uh, main uh, keeper. But I guess he'll be a, a decent backup coming over from Huddersfield. And obviously, coming from Huddersfield, he had a lot of chances for saves last year to get some get some practice in. So... Good for you, Mr. Lossell. And then speaking... Oh, unless you had a comment on this. It's Everton. Who cares? Well, speaking of Everton, who cares? <laughs> uh, our final story in news and notes comes from a former Evertonian. Um, someone we affectionately like to refer to as Spanish Bob. And they, <sighs> they talk that... This is very, very rumor mill, but... I, I see Roberto Martinez and I have to put it in the docket. Roberto Martinez to discuss future with Belgian FA amidst links with Barcelona job. <sighs> Man, talk about failing upwards. Um, Ernesto Valverde, the current manager at Barcelona, has come under fire after the way they capitulated against Liverpool. Uh, the Champions League final. Uh, they also lost in the final of the Copa del Rey, which was kind of a shocker to Valencia. Uh, even though Barcelona did win the league, there's a lot of questions over uh, Valverde's reign there. And so it seems like maybe Roberto Martinez might be a name to go to Barcelona. Oh, God. I, mm. I, I don't understand. How does this man keep going Getting uh, better jobs. How? how does he keep failing upwards? How? And I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess we can't totally say that he failed with Belgium, but yeah. you know, I mean, to me, I, th- I still think they were better than. I still think they were better than the semifinals. Yeah. Well, they yeah, lost. Thought, they lost to Wales a couple years ago in one of the Euros, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was still Wilmot's, I believe. So oh, okay. Hopefully that was on right. Spanish. Okay. okay. I mean, he does, he's done a good job in Belgium. It's the best they've done a tournament forever. So. But, I mean, it's just, to me, doing one good job at one tournament, I mean, suddenly, how can you just look past an entire resume? I don't know. <sighs> okay. I mean, hey, I'm not going to cry if it happens. No, yeah, certainly no Barcelona fan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm certainly no fan of Barcelona. So, uh, I mean, I just wonder: does that mean that Tony Hibbert and uh, Romelu Lukaku are going to Barcelona? Well, I heard <laughs> where's where's Fellaini? 
I heard uh, Lukaku said he's going to take a price cut to go to Inter, so... I think Lukaku wants to go to um, Italy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where he wants to go, because they suit his pace, which is slow and shit. Yeah. It's too bad Italy has that whole, uh, you know, racism problem. Yeah, well, money talks, he don't care. Yeah, yeah, you can just talk to Balotelli about it. It's fine. Uh, oh Jesus! So there you go. Help so, me, Jesus! So help. Martinez has gone from Swansea to Wigan, where he did beat Manchester City in an FA Cup final. Remember, uh, to Everton, to Belgium, to possibly Barcelona. Wow! Mm. Just wow. Mm. <sighs> All right. Anyway. Roberto Martinez, future manager of Barcelona. Um, so that is that is the news and notes. Um, that'll take us to the watch for Wes. What you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Bro, I've had a big week. <gasps> a big week. Um, so I've been to three movies this week. Oh my, that's all. Yeah, since the last time I did, I've been to three movies. Um. Uh, I started off, um, where did I go? I think it was Friday, Saturday, Saturday night. I went to see uh, John Wick 3 Parabellum. Mm, how was that? It was magnificent as John Wick is just like pretty much the greatest. Yeah, you know, I, I saw this uh, meme, as we like to call them, mm-hmm. on uh, on Fasabuke, as we like to call Facebook. <laughs> um, I saw it a while back. It was, you know, if, if you had to have one person to keep you alive, who would it be? You know, choose who it would be. And mm. your choices were, you know, um, like John Wick was on there, uh, James Bond, Jason Bourne, and there were about three other ones, I think. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, shit. You know, John Wick just kills everybody. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and, you know, when you look at it, you know, unfortunately for, you know, people around James it's on my head. You know, people around them die all the time. Yeah. So I think I want John Wick. And after this, after John Wick three, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't changed my mind one bit. He's a straight badass. Um, the the knife fight scene in the beginning of the movie is absolutely spectacular. Uh, the gunplay, as always, is fantastic. Um, he does find himself thrown through a lot of this. Oh boy. At one point I was getting like, okay, we see enough glass. But I mean at the end of it it was it was freaking awesome. It was great. I thought it was a little better than two. Mm-hmm. Um and apparently there's gonna be four coming next. Yeah. So long live long live John Wick and keep it going forever. Just remember, don't don't you ever want to show how evil someone is? Have them kill a puppy. And then you can create a film franchise out of it. Oh, goodness. You don't fuck a widow a wick. Exactly. The man was retired and they brought him out. They did. Um, second one I'm not going to talk so much about, but uh, Memorial Day and saw Aladdin. Ah, how was that? It was It was good. I mean, it was a fun little movie. Will Smith was much better. You know, Will Smith initially in the previews. Mm-hmm. And they just had the really quick sequences of him as the genie. It was like, okay, this is weird and creepy and this doesn't look right. When you get into the movie, it's a lot better. Okay, that's good. 
Um, the music was great. You know, I know you with a a music lady. Oh, and I I, I love the original Aladdin. The animated. Oh well, one. you'll like you'll oh. like this. Mm. So uh, you two need to head on down to the Alamo, have you a delicious <laughs> meal, and uh, watch Aladdin together. <laughs> I think you will both thoroughly enjoy it. Alamo Theaters, if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, just let us know. Exactly. Or you, AMC, who I uh, uh, subscribe to your A-list, and that's how I saw three movies. Or, uh, or uh, what's the wait? Are you um, Regal Cinemas, since you're literally right across the street from my apartment? There you go. Even though you, you guys haven't hooked me up that much in the past. But uh, I would also like to thank AMC for it being my birthday month free large popcorn and a free large drink which i cashed in today for my third movie of the week cash in and ed i went and saw brightburn today wait what oh my goodness you not know about brightburn uh i'm gonna look it up real quick that name sounds really familiar so basically brightburn is almost a reimagined superman if Superman at age twelve had um, had incidents and issues and became horribly disturbed and evil, ah, oh, this is the one with Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it, it is it is a genre called superhero horror, mm-hmm. and it was it was pretty fucking good. Hmm. I would recommend I would recommend Brightburn. It is a it is an R rated superhero movie. Uh, and we say superhero as in he has superpowers. He is no hero. He is very much. And it is a creepy ass little 12 year old kid. And hilarity does not ensue. But there will be blood. Man, I thought you would have been all over that bad boy. Uh, I I just, I saw it one time. I saw the trailer like a couple months ago. And then I just completely forgot about it. Well, it was uh, it was good, you know. I see a lot of movies because I didn't go to three, four, or five a month, mm-hmm. and this is one I just kept seeing and seeing. I really didn't have that much of a great desire to go see it, but you know, I was looking today and I was like, well, you know, I could go see John Wick three again, which I was about to do start till later in the afternoon, and then I was like, well, I could always go with the old faithful and go see Endgame again. <laughs> Yeah, because I've only seen it three times, so you know why not? Why not make it old looking number four? Uh, but then Brightburn, it was a perfect time slot for me. It started well, and I was like, you know what? It looks pretty good and disturbing, so I'm down with it. And nice. do that, it I give it two thumbs up. And um, they, they may have left some room for a sequel, so we'll okay. see what happens. But uh, yes, it is. What if? What if our superhero? Decided not to be our hero. Nice. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think what I'm, I'm trying to think if I've already talked about. This. I don't think I have. Um, we actually went um, a couple. Maybe it was it was the last <clears throat> weekend. So I guess I just never talked about this. Um, we actually went to go see the Detective Pikachu movie. Oh, okay. Quite good. Quite good. Um, there is there is one character whose actress is actually terrible um who is acting like she's in a disney movie and is actually really bad um the main the main dude guy 
he's he's good. He's fine. Mm-hmm. He's he's super all right. Um, Ryan Reynolds is amazing. Uh, he gets to say as dirty, he usually is. Yeah. He gets to say dirty things as Pikachu that I wasn't expecting him to be able to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was great. Uh, yeah, it was. It's really enjoyable. Pretty, pretty. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Pretty predictable and uh, how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Nahi also in it. Bill Nahi is always really good. Um, but yeah, if you like Pokemon, if you have like, you don't have to be like a super fan of Pokemon. But yeah, if you, if you like that sort of thing, this was definitely an inoffensive and and good movie. Wow. I'd say again, except for literally this one character, Beyond Hirsch. It was actually a really good movie. So yeah, Pokemon got to catch them all somehow. Spend Very a good. lot of money. Um, so yeah, that's when then of course, as you did mention, Archer does start back tonight. So very oh. excited to start back on the Archer train. That's gonna be so much fun. Archer 1999. So high tech. Um, Very, very excited for that. Um, But speaking of 1999, Wes, there was was blood on a wrestling mat this weekend. Just like it's the Attitude Era. Wes, we're going back. We're going back, but it's not Raw. It's AEW. So we're going to get so elite Raw. Take it away. AEW, all elite, the brainchild, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega. Hmm. And uh, we we had our first AEW pay-per-view, the big one. I believe they filled about a 16,000-seat arena. So, you know, they didn't, um, they didn't skimp on this, man. They went big time. $50 pay-per-view to get. Um, you can, and uh, they had it on. Direct TV, um, Dish Network, you could get it through there. They have four or five pay-per-view outlets, and also you could stream it on uh, Bleacher Report Live. Oh, boy. We know how well that works, so needless to <laughs> say, that wasn't an option for me. But anyway, <sighs> thanks a lot, Bleacher Report. Um, but it was uh, a very well-received show. Um, I'll, I'll just hit some of the highlights because there, there are some – the thing is, this was a this was almost a standalone show at this point because they are literally starting a brand new company. There are no old storylines. Um, you know, they've basically been running house shows. They do have a TV contract. They will be on TNT starting in, I believe, September or October. Okay, I believe I saw was going to be the kickoff date. So um, that's that's very exciting. Um, Let's look at the big ones real quick. These are the ones that really matter. Started the night off with a uh, a a um, a it's called the Casino Battle Royal, and the winner earned a future world title shot. And it was won by the Hangman. They um with uh, with the owners of AEW uh, is seen as a rising star in the business. So it, it was smart. Go ahead, and put him in there and one of the younger guys who you know has just huge potential to go forward he's gotten over well especially during his time with bullet club uh when he was in ring of honor and then japan subsequently uh adam page has a a lot going forward for him and right now he holds a uh he holds a future world title shot and we'll get to his opponent a little later when we talk um 
Next big one we had. Uh, all right, we're, we're kind of skipping some of the undercard here. And here's where we start hitting the big ones. Um, the AAA World Tag Team Championship. Um, the Young Bucks, once again, owners of AEW. Uh, they defeated the Lucha Brothers. Uh, AAA is uh, the big promotion in Mexico. I don't believe they've gotten to the AEW tag team titles or anything like that. Figure the Young Bucks are going to have a lot to do with that when it's time. But uh, the Young Bucks did defeat the Lucha Brothers in what was a really fun, high-flying match, uh, as you would expect between those two teams. And then the two big singles matches of the night. The first one uh, has been called two sons to their late father. Uh, Cody Rhodes defeated his brother, Dustin Rhodes, his half-brother, Dustin Rhodes, uh, formerly known as Gold Dust in WWE. And uh, as you mentioned, a that um, was called, quote, an absolute masterpiece of grit and emotion painted with the blood of the 50-year-old Dustin, which covered the ring. Um, they had the legendary WWE Hebner uh, was actually the ref of the match. He's been in so many huge moments over the years in wrestling history. Um, quote, Dusty Rhodes was undoubtedly smiling down from above on to have on these half brothers who told such a compelling story in a short time. Once this match was announced, the one they told inside the ring was even better. So, um, you know, those two finally unshackled from Vince McMahon's, uh, creative influence, and they put on the um, they put on a show that people have been waiting to see for a long time. Um, it was it was really good. It was really fantastic, and a, a very fitting match between those two brothers. Once again, a match that we've been kind of looking for for a long time to see. Um, after the match. A, a moment which may be the first shot across the bow in the future war. Uh, they had an Iron Throne set up at the top of the stage that uh, looked very, very similar to a throne that, oh, maybe the King of Kings, a guy by the name of Triple H, would sit on. Oh. Um, and uh, Cody Rhodes was handed a sledgehammer. Also a, uh, a tool very well associated with the same King of Kings. Walked up to the top of the ramp and crowd chanted AEW, AEW. Uh, Cody Rhodes took a sledgehammer and demolished the throne. So, um, I mean, you got to guess that's kind of what that was uh, aimed at. Um, so... Uh, Bret Hart, Bret the Hitman Hart, WWF Hall, WWE Hall, excuse me. Um, he did, uh, he introduced the AEW championship, the belt. Uh, he had Adam Page come out. Um, and, uh, some stuff ensued. I mean, it was just what it was, but, uh, Bret Hart did present the world title. And as we said, Hangman Page is participants in that first world title match and he will be facing none other than Chris Jericho for that title. Chris Jericho defeated Kenny Omega to earn the future world title shot. Um, This was a match that just absolutely tore the house down back at Wrestle Kingdom 
in Japan just after the beginning of the year. Uh, Chris Jericho is doing literally the work of his life right now. Uh, once again, another one kind of freed from the shackles of WWE uh, creative. Um, they've put this whole thing together. This has been a six to eight month build right now uh, to get to this match. Uh, and it was, it was phenomenal. Um, uh, he beat Omega. Um, and then, you know, as he's in the ring celebrating, and it seems like that's the biggest moment of the night. Oh, no, the first shock and the first shocking introduction to the AEW roster as the man formerly known as Dean Ambrose. He's now back to his uh, old name of John Moxley. John Moxley showed up through the crowd and uh, did what I have to see, I guess, what it's called going forward, formerly known as the Dirty Deeds Double DDT. Uh, he dropped um, Omega. He dropped the referee. And if you want to talk about the roof coming off of a damn place, it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it says here, quote, Moxley with a swagger reminiscent of Steve Austin, then brought through the crowd with Omega before landing a final dirty deeds on top of the oversized poker chips, followed by lifting Omega onto his shoulders and dropping him onto age below so um yeah so not only did we get an amazing match to finish the night we got the shocking debut of now known john moxley so ed the shield is already making waves oh my god making waves um there was a uh video moxley's you know, release or his contract from WWE has just run out in the last few weeks. Oh man, that's what really made this special. You know, they played this time and beautifully. There's, uh, there's been a uh, a promo video release. Uh, Moxley will uh, fight in Japan on uh, June the fifth. Uh, don't know who against. Well, you may know who against. I can't remember, but um, that's that's something to really look forward to. Um, you know, so Ambrose kind of doing kind of what Cody Rhodes did the first time when he left WWE. You know, he's making the rounds to all those places he hadn't been able to go. And, um, I mean, it was, it was an amazing moment. And I'm going to tell you, man, when the show starts, I'm probably going to be tuning in at least early and see if they can hook me. I mean, you, you bring, you bring in basically a Dean Ambrose character who has his own, Yes, I got to get used to calling him John Moxley now, but uh, he has his own freedom to do what he wants, and he's not being held down by WWE creative. Uh, and when you say that, uh, let's go to a little addendum to this. It dropped today. This uh, today's talk with Jericho podcast had Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose on it, and they basically went for an hour and a half, and it was no holds barred said exactly what the hell he thought and let's put it this way i don't think he's getting a christmas card from vince mcmahon anytime (laughs) soon uh but it was a lot of talk about you know frustration with creative Mm -hmm. and with everything being scripted and the way he put it he said you know i fell in love with wrestling he said i have two loves in my life one is my he said i fell in love with wrestling because of the promos 
because of being able to say, you know, and, and heat and talk people into the arena. He said, I feel I can talk people to the arena. I've proven that. He said, you know, I just, I want to be able to do what I want to do. I think I can do a whole hell of a lot creative ever gave me to do a promo on. He said, it's not going to be the goofy Dean Ambrose character, the wild, out of control, you know, borderline goofy character. It's not going to be that anymore. And, I mean, you know, as long as we've been doing this, Ambrose, man, oh, yeah. you know, I always felt he kind of had that mixture of Stone Cold and Rowdy Roddy Piper, just that edge to him. And WWE kind of had a way of doing from time to time and just had him doing like silly, stupid shit. Not going to happen here. He is going to be treated as a top star. He's going to be one of the big headline guys in this company, and he's going to have a chance to sink or swim on his own. And, uh, you know, they they called it double or nothing. Pretty much what Dean Ambrose has gone in is double or nothing because he had the big offer to stay in WWE. And he said, he said the way he saw it, his truck is paid off, his house is paid off, his mom's house is paid off. He said, as frustrated as I was with WWE, no amount of zeros would have kept. Mm-hmm. So, um it's gonna be it's gonna be thrilling to see what uh, John Moxley unleashed can do, and uh, it's it's like the article I was point. Who can wait for this weekly show to get here? Because you know, while certainly they don't have the roster depth that WWE has at the top of that roster, it is going to rival and probably be better than any WWE has going on right now, or has had going on for a long time. Well, it certainly doesn't hurt that, like, the product on WWE has just been really bad lately. It is, and it's, it's you know, the, the world is, is neutered. Because, mm-hmm. man, here's the thing. WWE, talent-wise, WWE is at a spot right now. They've got as much, if not more, name talent up and down that card than they ever had. I mean, when you get past the top guys, you're talking about guys like Samoa Joe, and, you know, a Finn Balor. And, I mean, just going down the line, you've got phenomenal guys in the company who just aren't being allowed to do what they can do. And it's because WWE is so nitpicky and wants to control every single thing that comes out of someone's mouth that, you know, don't get me wrong, the product in the ring is great. Mm -hmm. But the stories, which is what drives wrestling, the storylines, the heat, you know, the why Why should I care that these two guys are fighting each other? Why should I care what's personal about this? That is where WWE is failing so bad right now. And AEW, I think, they may have the formula to do it. And it's, you know, the, people are trying to say, oh, well, this is competition. Not financially, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. WWE just signed a contract with Fox. Don't forget, they haven't even started the billion-dollar contract with Fox. <laughs> I mean, they are far and away, size-wise, you know, obviously infrastructure-wise, uh, history-wise, money-wise, they're so far and away above AEW, it's not funny. But AEW, <clears throat> getting a TNT contract, it at least gives fans an option. Mm-hmm. And the best option that can come from this is that AEW starts making some waves and it forces WWE to have to somewhat unleash 
their unleash their guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to let them off the chain. And if they do, if they are able to factor that, you know, well, guys can leave WWE and go to AEW and make really good. You know, they might not make Vince money, but they can still make good money, and they can make up that money by going and working in Japan. You know that. Hopefully, that will scare WWE into evolving, mm-hmm. because that's the biggest thing right now. WWE. Uh, they fell into the whole John Cena is everybody's buddy thing, and they have yet to evolve from that. That's not a shot against Cena, but just the PG era mm-hmm. is what we're looking at. It's PG, and to a certain extent, man, that that is not cutting it anymore. That's why the numbers, numbers are down across the board. You know, they're down on TV. They're down in, down in ticket sales. And but right now Vince McMahon just Vince McMahon just wants to keep pushing the same thing and pushing the same for John Cena. So. Well, we'll anyway. see. I I hope it works out. I I, I like that. I mean, because it's not going to be competition, especially if they don't. What what it, when they get to TNT? What night is that? Is that going to be still? Saturdays? I have not heard a night yet. Okay. So so. I highly doubt, at least to start with, because you're committing suicide. I doubt they're going to run it against right. WWE programming. Yeah. Uh, now SmackDown apparently is going to be changing nights when they go to. So you know that might. Gonna... Mm-hmm. So that would open up Tuesday night if you. That, but Thursday night, Wednesday night, you don't usually get the. Mm-hmm. Thursday night's more must see TV on the on the networks. Mm-hmm. But I could see them maybe trying to slide into that Tuesday night. Tuesday night, would especially be super... since people are used to watching wrestling now on Tuesday. Night. Well, not just that, but could could you imagine a world where you have because now you're not having to directly compete in terms of right. eyeballs, but now it's every Monday here's Raw, and now <laughs> 24 hours later you can potentially put on a better product and have right. the direct comparison coming after yeah. it so that would that's a way to compete without directly yeah. competing which would be fascinating and if 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 aw wants to go the route of recognizing ww mm-hmm. i mean you can you can directly respond to anything that happens on monday night oh yeah so and now now that said i'm guessing that i'm guessing it is mm-hmm. but um we'll see well, that's that's the new So Elite Raw segment so Elite Raw. that we have here. Uh, so enjoy that coming up in the next uh, little bit here as that gets going and eventually becomes a permanent fixture on the TV. Um, but that is going to do it here for this edition of the AFA Pod. Once again, thanks to our presenters, including NGSC Sports, Elise's Pills and Things, and the Ultimate Sports Channel. You can find them on the Soch. You can also find us there as well on Twitter. As a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes Bradshaw21. I'm at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. You can also email us at that address, allnewsportsshow at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to our podcast providers, including Podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. Um, we will be back live next week. Yes. Okay. 
Yes, we will. Okay. So uh, I'm sure there will be absolutely nothing to talk about from this weekend. No. Uh, it will be a rather drab and boring podcast to come out. Um, certainly no VAR decisions will be made at all. Um, no. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, we'll talk about that. Any more uh, deals that happen in the tr- as the transfer period is getting underway here in Super silly season, as it looks like it's going to be. Hey, maybe maybe Neymar will be back to Barcelona by then. We'll see. Who knows? It's craziness. Ooh, uh, silly season is coming, folks. Jesus Christ. For for Ed, it's uh, it's just mind-numbing drivel. Yeah. For me, it's uh, it's basically Christmas. It's the um, most wonderful time of the year to me. I love silly season. Uh, love it. <laughs> It knows I love it. I do know. I, I hear about it every time. Um, so we'll talk about that as it comes up. Um, but Wes, before we get out of here, is there anything else you'd like to mention? Um, man, college baseball. The yeah. uh, the regionals are kicking off. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, they start uh, tomorrow on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, all I have to say is um, East Carolina getting a 10 seed is just abominable bullshit. But whatever. You know, that's what happens when you play in the AAC and not one of the pretty little name conferences. Um, you mean the SEC, the greatest conference ever known to God's green earth? I mean, uh, here's my thing. So last week, Georgia Tech's ranked like 12th in the country. And then suddenly they win the ACC tournament and they're the number three overall seed. Come on. What's up with that? I don't know, man. Yeah, and half the SECs. I'm not, I, as we know, I'm not a hater by any means, but half the damn SECs like in the top eight. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, but it's all good. Pirates. Uh, if if East Carolina can win their regional, which we do host, uh, NC State, Campbell, and Quinnipiac, mm, Quinnipiac. Uh, will be in our regional. So uh, us and NC State and Campbell should all be. That should that should be some good baseball in Grable. Um, if if seating holds, we will travel to Louisville. Mm-hmm. Pirates ain't scared to go to Louisville. Uh, East Carolina were swept by the number one overseed, uh, UCLA. We went to UCLA earlier this year. Um, played really well, just you know, couldn't beat the number one team in the country. Sorry. Sorry for partying. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm very comfortable going wherever we got to go with East Carolina at this point. And I think, uh, I think this could be the year we hit Omaha. Got to say some of these, uh, I'm actually just seeing these uh, regional uh, uh-huh. matchups now for like the first time. Like I knew like pretty much the bracket, but uh-huh. I'm seeing like, okay, so it's UCLA versus Oregon state. Uh, uh-huh. We got Georgia tech versus UNC Georgia versus yeah. LSU Arkansas versus Ole Miss, uh, and we got like Texas Tech versus Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't do anything to maybe. I mean, God, right there, you've got like three of those are same conference. Yeah, I, I mean, you couldn't have just flipped like um, you couldn't have just flipped the seven and the eight. That's crazy. No. Or maybe the six and the eight, and you know, done something besides two Big Twelve and two SEC teams. Come on, yeah, that's really weird. Come on. That's now, of course, we say that, and we know there's going to be upset, so it won't yeah. end up being for sure. Probably. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, you know, four conference that's, matchups in the super regionals. They suck, man. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, because you got a pack. Yeah, pack. There's a pack twelve. Yeah, there's an two ACC, SEC and a oh. and an ACC. 
What was the ACC one? Georgia Tech versus UNC. Oh, shit. That's right. Damn. And then you said there were – was there one or two SEC ones? Uh, there's, Georgia and – There's two SEC. Georgia and, and LSU. Yeah. And then there's the Big Ten one in Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Or Big 12. Yeah, that, that, that too. Yeah. The Big 12 with 10 teams. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Come on, man. That seems really weird. Yeah. I don't know if they realize they did that. Maybe it's too late. Can't fix this. Wow. Anyway. Uh, whatever. Hey, I mean, either way, man, it's damn good baseball. So, hey, we're down. We're down to watch it. They want to show it to us. We're down to watch it. So. Damn, son. Damn. Well, there you go. And I always, as always, check out the uh, ESPN Bases Loaded app or channel. Uh, when they when they do it, they do a lot of uh, good stuff there with their whip around coverage on, especially on Friday and Saturday when there's a lot of matches go, or games going on at the same time. So go check that out. So for McCall and Crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Foreign Affair Podcast. And until next time, stay safe in Madrid and watch. Just enjoy the football and sleep tight. Raleigh Friday night coming to see Hootie. And his blowfish. I wanna be with you. Put on a little hand. <laughs> all hmm. sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.